Happy Sabbath, church family. I hope that's your story as well. That's my story. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Praising my Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for our worship team who led us this morning in worship. Thank you so much. Um, so glad to see you here today. I uh, hope you had a, a blessed time with your family this week. Eat up a lot of good food and you're ready to search the scriptures. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Just want to welcome all those who are visiting us this morning. Um, maybe this is your first time. We welcome you. And to all of our members, we are family. Amen? Amen? So good to have you here today. Those who are joining us online as well. Um, there are a few things I'd just like to uh, remind you of. Remember on the 9th, actually on the 6th of December, um, we're having a, a wonderful time here studying the word with our community members. And we'd love to have you join us. We start on a Wednesday evening uh, at 7 p.m. with Pastor Steve Wahlberg and Brother Neville Peter. They'll be here at Garland, and we start at 7. We go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we close on Saturday with a morning service and an afternoon program as well. All right? And so don't forget that. That's December 6th to the 9th, and then the following week, the following Sabbath, following Sunday, I should say, uh, is our annual banquet. All right? I hope you have registered already. The silence speaks loudly. Okay. <laughs> but but I, I did hear from some of you, and uh, we're going to try and see if we can help you. Some of you are wondering uh, what's the best way to go about that. I explained it last week, but I know you might need some help. And so if you do need help registering on the computer for the annual banquet, elders or leadership here at the church, ask anyone. They'll be so happy to, to help you, all right? So just remember, go to garlandadventist.org, and uh, you'll see the event there advertised. Just click on it. Very easy. Register and secure your spot. All right. Also, for our Sabbath school team, we're, we're needing teachers, needing some help with some assistance, all right? So if, if you're able to assist us in our, or especially our lower grades, uh, we'll be so happy uh, to hear from you, all right? All right. With that, That I'm going to invite you to uh, my Bible there yeah. to just turn your scriptures to Daniel chapter Daniel chapter seven. We can begin with the first verse. 
Daniel chapter 7. Today, we continue our series on the Antichrist and the church. Daniel 7, chapter what? Daniel 7, chapter 1. Just, just one verse. All right. My Bible. My Bible says, in the first year, of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions on his head. While on his bed, then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Let's pray. If we could, all right, that's fine. Let's ask the Lord guidance. Father, thank you so much. You're truly the God of all the ages. In your wisdom and your intelligence, you declare to the world. That we are not alone. There's someone who is ultimately in control of this world, this planet, and that is you. And so, Father above, today we invite presence of your Holy Spirit in our midst. We ask that you'll take full control of this time and that you'll speak to our hearts. Father, that you'll speak through me and also to your people. I pray, Father, as I often do, that you would just take full control of this vessel. I willingly submit it to you for you to use me according to your will. And may as we hear your words this, this morning, this afternoon, may we be edified, may we also be changed. May we also get a glimpse of Jesus within this story that will serve to encourage our faith, that will serve, Father, to bring us that joy to know that he's coming back soon. So bless us at this time and be with those needs within this congregation today and 
those online, Father, you are the giver of good gifts. You know exactly where we're hurting. You know exactly, you know exactly what we need today. I pray, Father, that you'll pass no one by. But may we all just surrender to you. Because you deserve our best. Bless us now, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. When I think about the Bible and why I'm so committed to it today and what's the main difference between the word of God and other books that I might have access to, uh, I normally look at things that only the Bible could ever um, speak of and put into action. For instance, I remember growing up, I used to hear so many news highlights about this man called Nostradamus. Yeah. You remember him? Yeah. This man who tried to predict and tried to tell the future. I've also thought about, um, here in the Bible, about things that I see happen within the Bible that really cause me to think of some supernatural state. For instance, miracles. Are you with me? And things that are done in the presence of people that we would say when we see them, that cannot be of man. But then I learned that the devil can also perform miracles. Are you with me? And so I said, well, what is it that can beat him and his imps? What is it that he cannot do, no matter how hard he try. And I know there are some things that he can't do, right? It's obvious. Only God alone can create. Isn't that true? Yeah. Only God alone can give breath to human beings and breath to animals. Isn't that true? Yeah. But there's something else that man or the enemy cannot do. And that is to tell the future with 100% accuracy. That kind of, those kinds of actions are of a divine nature. And it is what we see in the Bible that separates it from all other literature. The Bible is an amazing book, y'all. It's not just about stories of folks in the lion's den and in the fiery furnace. Those stories have meanings in the prophetic literature of the Bible. And so today, 
so many people are preaching and teaching that the Antichrist is yet to come. They have people not worrying about the Antichrist right now because in their minds, he's not here. He's coming. Are you with me? And so, so many people are not really engaged when it comes to who this being really is because to them, they are part of the church and the church won't even be here when he comes. This belief that teaches that somehow the church will be raptured and be caught up into glory. And then the Antichrist will come. Well, today we dig a little bit deeper in the story of this being. I wish I was able to print this out for you, but I thought about it. But I would hope that you would just follow me. All right? If you have your phones, feel free. Go to Daniel chapter 7. Or if you have your Bibles right now, I'm going to ask you just to go right there. I have divided this chapter, let me see, into about seven parts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, actually nine parts. <laughs> well, the two, the two, the start and the end, you'll see, they're, they're not really uh, parts of the text that shares the vision, but I believe they're important as well. And so I want you to join me in chapter one. And what we plan to do today is to focus on the characteristics of this little horn that is shared here in Daniel chapter 7. You see, when we think of the, 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 the fourth kingdom, and you're going to read about the fourth kingdom and the little horn, 21 verses out of this chapter focuses on the little horn and the fourth kingdom. So how many verses are in there? 21. 28. So most of this chapter, most of this um, uh, 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 of, of the chapter focuses on the little horn and the Roman kingdom. Are you with me with chapter one? In the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head. Upon, I'm sorry, dreams and visions of his head upon his bed. I want you to notice that first king. His name is Belshazzar. We are in Daniel chapter 7. Do you remember when first we heard that name? When? In chapter 5. All right. Are you with me? In Daniel chapter 5, that's the first time we heard about this guy. He was the king of Babylon at that time. So therefore, if when would this vision start? 
in what kingdom would this vision start? When did he get the dream? When King Belshazzar was the king of? Of Babylon. So this kingdom is going to start with Babylon. Do you remember Daniel chapter 2? Where the king Nebuchadnezzar was told, you are the what? The head of gold. And the dream started with, with the head of gold, right? Being the kingdom of? Let's step it through with me this morning. King Nebuchadnezzar did something. King uh, Belshazzar, sorry, did something during his reign that the God of heaven does not like. In fact, the, what he did was he knew the life story of his granddaddy, Nebuchadnezzar. He knew the life story there, how Nebuchadnezzar took the things from Jerusalem out of the temple and brought them into Babylon and he ate and drank out of them he knew that God was displeased with that do you know what this king did in chapter 5 he went and got those same vessels are you with me and he had a feast a big party and he took those vessels and pour wine into them, and they all had a drunken feast. The Bible said, at some point during that celebration, a hand out of nowhere came. Are you with me? And start doing what? Writing on the wall. In fact, when the hand starts to write on the wall, his destiny was sealed. Do you remember when, during Noah's day, they were told that it was going to rain? Remember that time? And guess what? They laughed at Noah. They never saw rain before. Noah preached for 120 years. Until one day they got a little what? Spot. And then a little drizzle. By the time... They turned towards the ark. To move towards the ark when it started to rain, they saw that the door was what? God had shut the door. Belshazzar's probation to turn towards God was over. It's a sad reality when God comes to people and beckon to them to let them know how much he loves them and how much he desires for them to turn from their ways. I have something better to offer for you. And they reject him and reject him and reject him. And you know, I've been pastoring for over 20 years. And I can tell you this. I've never seen where it worked out well for that individual. Never seen it. The only time I've seen anything better is when the person decides to give their hearts to Jesus and to fully commit their lives to him. That's when you begin to see a marked change and a better future. The Bible said that King Belshazzar, that he wrote this vision down. Sorry, Daniel, sorry. 
he, he wrote this vision down. And then he only shared the summary. <laughs> this vision of chapter 7 is not even all that God wanted to share with humanity. Are you with me? The Bible said, and told the sum of the matter. I like what uh, this, this, I think this is New King James. It says, telling the main facts. Are you with me? So just the main points God was given in this, in this item here. And so far, my friends, in verse, verse 2, verse 1 is just the start of the, 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 the story, the setting up of the vision. Now let's read chapter 2, verse 2 in chapter 7. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great what? Sea. So he's in vision, and he's seeing uh, the four winds of heaven, which simply means the coordinates or directions within our world. North, south, east, west. At all angles, he's saying, at all directions, Daniel is saying he saw, uh, uh, when you hear the word winds in the Bible, in prophecy, it's, that means strife. Something, something bad is happening on all corners of this world. The four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea, and the great sea also means people. Lots of turmoil and strife going on in the world. And four great beasts came up out of the sea. Diverse from one another. They're different from each other. Are you, wondering, are you seeing the picture? Let me see if I have a, a, a picture here that can help you. <laughs> Praise the Lord, my brother. Can we... Can we Let's move to the four beasts if you can. But while, while they're getting that coming up, then I like this word here in verse chapter 4. Verse 4, it said, these four beasts came up and then the first was like a what? A lion. And this lion had eagle's what? Wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. Plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made and sta made stand up on its feet as a man, as a man, and a man's heart was what? Given to it. First thing he saw was this lion with two what? Wings. Wings are like swiftness, very fast. So this lion was, was going to conquer its prey really fast. It has two wings, all right? But it's the first beast. I like how he did that, how God placed that there, those words, the first. 
Because the vision starts in Babylon. Are you with me? So if you're going to interpret this vision, you're going to have to start with where the vision started. So the lion is most likely who? Babylon. Thank you. Thank you. And then he said, I saw another beast, a second like a bear. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between the teeth of it. And they said unto it, Arise, devour much what? Flesh. The second, you see, once you know the first, Sister Anne-Marie, the second is easy. You know why? You just go to Google. Keep it simple. We don't use the encyclopedias anymore, right? If anything, we use it online. But the truth is, if you want to know which kingdom came upon this, 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 this planet as a conquering kingdom and overtook uh, the kingdom of Babylon, which kingdom was that? We learned that last week, right? No other but the kingdom of Media Persia. Media Persia. The second kingdom. But he didn't finish there. He said, another, and behold, another beast, a second like a what? Like a bear. And it raised up itself on one side. No, sorry. And after this, I beheld, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon its back of it four wings of a fowl. How many wings did the lion had? How many wings this beast is going to have? This one is even faster than Babylon. The lion beast. And sure it was. The beast had also four heads and dominion was given to it. In fact, the swiftness of this, this empire, the empire of Greece, conquered really swiftly, in fact, Alexander the Great, the leader of the Grecian Empire. Now, he didn't live to an old age. He conquered, but then he died at a young age. His kingdom was handed over to four generals from the north, south, east, and west. This is all history that you can go read at any time you'd like. And this history was told way before it happened by scripture. Are you with me, friends? You see, we are sitting at a point in world history where we can look back and verify the prophetic message and we can see that it's so accurate to the point where some scholars are saying they do not agree with the, book, the prophecies in the book of Daniel because they say it's too accurate. No one could have actually uh, shared world history for over 2,500 years of world history and having it come through to pass just like it said it would. No one could have done that. You know what I say? I say you're right. No man could have done that. Are you with me? But God came. And that's what he did. In fact, when Jesus came on the scene, 
just about five or six hundred years <clears throat> after these prophecies were given, when you trace world history from Jesus' time to now, you see all those prophecies in Daniel chapter 7 are right in our world's experience. When you think about Jesus, remember Jesus said, just like how you would love to read your chemistry books, your medical books, your nursing books, and you learn from them, Jesus said for every single disciple, Matthew 24, verse 15, make sure you study the book of Daniel and seek to understand it. So if we don't, guess what? We're saying to Jesus, you know, Jesus, we love you. We sing about you. But we have no time to read what he said we should read. But we, we are readers, you know. I know that. But we read the things that we think are most important. Nothing can be more important than what Jesus said. Verse 6, verse 7. And after this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron what? Teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. It had what? Ten horns. Now he's getting into this fourth beast. Notice he said, it's dreadful. Which animal is the fourth beast? Now, I mean, which animal? And, I mean, we had a lion. We had a what? A bear. We had a leopard. Which animal is the fourth beast? A dragon. The truth is, we aren't told. Is that true? We are just told that boy, it's a dreadful beast. And it's terrible. In other words, if you thought that Nebuchadnezzar was probably the most ruthless king that ever came upon planet Earth, you need to check out the leadership of this fourth beast. There's nothing like it. It's different from those three. Are you following, folk? It's more ruthless than those three. In fact, those three kingdoms had nothing to do with touching divinity. But this one did. This is a kingdom that not only tried to, to kill Christ when he was born, but they actually did it. On the cross. Are you with me? This is a ruthless kingdom. There's no way anyone on planet earth should think that no matter how much good this kingdom is doing, or no matter what this is coming from this being, that it's something that we should embrace. 
Bible says, dreadful, terrible. Are you with me? There are people here right now, and there are so many people who have sat and listened to the teachings of Daniel 7 and have made, and made a decision to get up and have nothing to do with this beast for the rest of their lives. Some of you are here today. We continue. Then I consider the horns. Remember, this beast had ten horns. I consider the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the what? This had ten horns. But the little horn plucked up three of them by the what? So you should not hear anything about these three horns today. What happens when you pluck up something from the root? It doesn't continue, right? All right. We're going to learn some more about what are these horns, who are they. But three of them out of the ten you should not see in this world today. But the seven and their descendants should still be here. That eyes, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a, a man and a mouth speaking great things. Pompous words, great things. Are you with me? So what are we here? We have the visions of the kingdom. We began with the story of the vision. Who is telling the vision? Who got the vision? When does the vision start? You remember that? And now, Daniel, in this section from verse 2 to verse 8, he pretty much tells us the vision of all the empires of this world. This fourth beast is none other than the Roman Empire. I mean, I've listened. And I've read so many of these preachers who are teaching that the little horn power is somebody else. Uh, that the fourth kingdom is another kingdom than Rome. So many of these teachings are going around. And let me just say this right now. If you knew that the Bible Describe you to the teeth how you look, what's your size, what's your hairstyle, what do you like to wear, are you with me? If the Bible describes you so accurately, all right, but you don't like the Bible's description, <laughs> you follow me? Yeah, what are you going to try to do? Well, you would love to change the descriptions in the Bible. Are you following me? Because this is my personal life, and guess what? You're messing with my style. Are you with me? That's exactly what's going on here. The Bible described the fourth beast and the little horn so accurately. 
that many individuals, once they picked up the Bible and they started to read it for themselves, you know what they said? I know exactly who God is speaking about. I'm a part of it. And so from this day going forward, I'm gone. And that's what's happened. That's exactly what happened. But we're continuing the story here. I'm not going to spend too much time with the next phase, but I'm going to tell you what it is. After Daniel shared the first, second, third, and fourth kingdom, and the little horn, he then saw a judgment scene in heaven. Are you with me? He saw a judgment scene. I, go. I'll, I'll let them go to a judgment scene so you can see it. But in verse 9, I'll, I'll just share. Let me, let me read verse, verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from him. Thousands and thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand and ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. So he saw the four kingdoms, the little horn, and then a judgment scene in heaven. And then he said, I love this in verse 13, and then I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the son of man. Are you with me? One like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancients of days. So he saw the son of man coming to the ancients of days, which is the Father, having a court scene in heaven after the little horn came upon the scene in world history. The moment the little horn came up on world, the world scene in our history, a judgment scene began. Judgment against the little horn and judgment for the saints. Are you with me? And who was in the middle of this judgment? The Son of Man. Do you know Jesus in the Gospels often call himself Son of Man? Right here in the Bible, before he was born, we can see Jesus ministering within this prophecy. To his people. In fact, it's not the only time we see Jesus in the book of Daniel. There are several other places we see him. We see him in the what? Remember the fire furnace? When Nebuchadnezzar, he threw three Hebrew boys in there. But then he saw four. And the four was at the son of God. He saw Jesus too in Daniel chapter 9. I mean, throughout the book of Daniel, you'll see that God is saying, listen, I want you to know that I'm in control despite of what's happening on planet earth. And I want to tell you about an organization that is not for me, but is against me. Are you with me? It's against me and I want you to know about it. That's why I said for you to read the book of Daniel. I don't want you to be trapped by this enemy. We move from the judgment scene, and then Daniel is perturbed. In verse 19, he said, 
then I would know the truth of the fourth beast. You see, Daniel now, he's not, his mind is not on the first three beasts. When you get to chapter 7, all he wants to know about is now, who is this little horn? Are you following? Yes. Chapter 7 is about this little horn. Because most of the interpretations are directed towards this organization or this entity. So in chapter 9, in verse 19, he repeats what he saw. No interpretation here. He's just saying, listen, you talked about this fourth beast and this little horn. I want to know who this is. So he repeats it again. What he saw, not an interpretation, just what he saw. He said, then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others. He's just repeating himself in verse 19 to 22. Exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were of what? Iron, and his, he added something here. He added something. And his nails of what? Brass. Very interesting, you know. When you added, added the nails of brass. Which kingdom is a kingdom of brass? Grecian kingdom. You know, it's very interesting. Um, when the Roman government took over the Grecian Empire, they still kept a lot of the Grecian Empire within them. In fact, even in our Bibles, when you're reading, when you're reading the epistle of the Romans, guess which language it's written in? The Grecian language. You see what I'm saying? So they still kept a lot of Greece within them. Sometimes I'll hear historians when they're describing the, the Roman Empire, they'll often say the Neo-Roman Empire. It's as, if, it's as if they're looking at an empire that still kept a lot of the, 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 the characteristics of the previous empire. Are you with me? And so no wonder why the Lord put their nails of brass. Because you'll find a lot of the Grecian teaching are within the teachings of this organization that we're about to talk about. Which devoured, break into pieces, and trampled the residue with his feet, and the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, which is, which one came up? Which one came up? The little horn, correct? It came up. Out of what? Out of the ten. All right. I'm, I'm, I just want to read the text with you, and then we'll, we'll show you some things here. and we'll, we'll learn this together. And before whom three fell, we talked about that, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake what? Very great things whose look was more stout than his fellows. But this is a little horn. But yet still, he's more stout than all the ten. Are you with me? So in other words, what God is saying here is, this little horn power 
If you think those ten horns have any kind of, of, of power within them that can rival this little horn's power, you're making a sad mistake. It's far, if I can use the word, it, it, it's far more, um, how should I say, ruthless. This, is a, this little horn power is a power that you can't compare to others before it. Once you know who this power is, your only response, as the Bible would say in the book of Revelation, come out of her what? My people. Or like Joseph, run. When Potiphar's wife is trying to hang on to you, shake it off. The moment you know who this little horn power is, don't hang around. It is fierce. It is dreadful. And you know what? You're going to find out it doesn't like me or anybody who does. Behold, I beheld, sorry, and the same horn made war with the saints. Come again. We're talking about, we're, we'll move from verse 20 now in verse 21. And I behold, and the same horn, the same little horn, made war with the saints. It does not like the saints. Are you with me? Does not like the saints. And prevailed against them. And prevailed against them until someone stepped in. What, what is going to happen after that? You remember? You remember? Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, Little Horn, and then what? Wait, 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 wait. let's keep in chapter 7. Yeah, the stone, but in chapter 7... That we just read earlier, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, Little Horn, and then what? Judgment. All right? Now, all Daniel is doing in verse 19 and 22, he's just going over that. Because he's, he's, he's very perturbed about it. So he's repeating what he heard. And in verse 22, and the ancients of days came... And judgment, the Bible said, was given to who? The saints of the Most High. And then finally, finally, Daniel now said, I need some interpretation. That's the vision I saw. I need, I need some help to understand what this means. So, verse 23, verse 23 to 26 gives the interpretation. Interpretation said, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the what? Fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be? Different from all the kingdoms and shall devour the old earth and shall tread it down and break it into pieces, right? 
And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten who? That shall arise. So in other words, this text in verse 24 causes an issue, a problem with so many scholars. Because, because the first time we hear about this four beasts, we heard that the four beasts had ten horns. In the previous verses? But now we're learning more with the interpretation. Because the interpretation is saying, it's not that the fourth beast had ten horns from the beginning. Are you with me? The ten horns, as the Bible said, and the horns came out of what? The kingdoms are ten kings that shall what? Arise. So these horns came up out of the beasts. They weren't with the beast from the beginning. At some point, they came up. Are you with me? It's just like, you remember the image we looked at last Sabbath? It's just like, the, yeah, the, the chest of gold, sorry, the head of gold, the chest of silver, the, 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 the belly and the, the hips of what? Brass. And then you had the iron legs, right? And then the iron legs were split into what? Iron and clay, right? Ten divisions. All right? So the iron clay did not have the ten divisions from the beginning. In other words, the Roman government or the Roman empire was a leading empire that ended up divided in world history. It started as a complete united empire but at some point in world history, no one overtook it. Are you with me? It was simply what? Divided. You follow me? So some scholars say this, this fourth kingdom cannot be Rome. And the reason they're saying that is because they're saying this kingdom already had ten horns to begin with. But sure enough, yes, the Bible began like that in, in sharing the dream with Nebuchadnezzar, but the interpretation was more involved. Are you with me? Those ten horns came up out of the Roman kingdom when it was divided. Hmm. All right. Let's finish it right here. Uh, verse, which verse are we? Verse 24, right? And he shall subdue three of them. In other words, of those ten horns, uh, no, 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 no. And another shall rise after them. I love that. So after the ten horns came up, another shall come up after what? Them. This is the key verse. If you want to decipher who is the Antichrist, when he's going to come, if you want to know that, I will tell you, all you got to do is always start with that verse right there. Verse 24. And you'll be able to solve all of these issues that's going around. Because the question is this. The little horn, sorry, the, uh, the statement I would say, the little horn came after the division of Rome. 
So anyone who wants to say the little horn is some king who, uh, who, whose name is Antiochus Epiphanes or from the Syrian kingdom, way before the division of Rome. If any Bible scholar wants to say that the, the Antichrist or the little horn is someone who came upon the scene in world history before, are you with me? Before, uh, before Rome, and many of them do, that cannot be. The little horn must came upon the scenes in world history after Rome was divided. As I look at Rome today, I see a divided Rome. Right now, as I think about Europe, right now, I see a divided Europe. Many different nations. Where did they get their beginnings from? Their beginnings came from when Rome was divided. It was Western Europe divided into 10 areas. And three of them we don't even have a name for today because they were plucked up from the what? Ruth. That's why we know some of them. We don't know all 10, but we know some. We know the English, which were the Anglo-Saxons then. We know the Franks, which are today the what? French. The Alemanni. We know Germany. I mean, we know those seven kingdoms that are still around today, but we, know, we don't know about the three. They don't have any descendants because they were plucked up from the root. But let's keep going. We're almost there, folks. Verse 25. And ye shall speak great what? Words against the? This is not just a political power. This is also a religious power. It is a religious power. Whatever power you're looking for when it comes to the Antichrist, it's dabbling in religious matters. It's using religion for its purpose. Are you with me? This is not just a political power. It's also a religious power. It makes war with the? It makes war with the? And shall speak great words against the most. You know, great words, you know, the word of God is what we have today, right? We have the word of God. And the word of God is truth. Do you know what the little horn is going to use as, as uh, his truth? He's going to try to use God's word against him. But he will fail. He shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and He's going to really try to mess with God's word. 
times and laws. And then he says, and they shall be given, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, times, and divided of times. That is a little horn interpretation, but we are not done yet. Because after the little horn comes what? Say it again, my sis. Every time in the book of Daniel, after the little horn is talked about, whether in the vision or in the interpretation, the next scene is what? Verse 26, but the judgment shall be set. And they shall take away his dominion to consume it and to destroy it unto the what? Forever. To the end or forever. In other words, this system is going to be judged by who? By God himself. His power and authority is going to be taken away from it. All right? And it will be consumed, it will be destroyed unto the end. Whoever this little horn is, it's an end time power. I hope you're following me. It's a what? End time power. In other words, it's a power that's going to be around when? So who is this power? Daniel couldn't stomach it, Elder Stewart. He could not. In fact, he closes by saying, hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, my cognition much troubled me. Based upon what he saw, he was disturbed by it. I tell you what, just reading it, I'm disturbed, but I'm also encouraged. You know why? I'm so glad that in this prophecy, a presence of Jesus will show. Isn't that amazing? And I'm so glad that God is saying that I'm going to judge this power. And I'm going to give the dominion over to who? The saints. Hallelujah. So in other words, no matter what this power is going to do on planet earth, guess who will end up being the winners anyway? Who? The saints. Do you know in the book of Daniel, Daniel, the saints are always winning? If you're on God's side, you will always be a winner. It's a moment when we double on the fence, we lose. And when we double on the enemy's side, we lose. But I want to be a winner. Anybody else? Come on, y'all. I'm not going to be living this life in this sinful mess and die in that state. What will I gain? Zero. The only thing I can gain is if I put my heart's, my heart's trust in Jesus Christ. Then I know if I should die before he comes back up, the next voice that I will hear, Sean Harris, come to glory. Hallelujah. I mean, there's nothing better than that. I mean, I, I heard a story about this man who, who actually, actually, it's a, it's a real story. Christopher Hitchens, one of the world um, um, well-known atheists. 
died back in 2011, 2011. I mean, this guy would challenge every aspect of the teaching of Jesus Christ. When he died, a pastor commented on his death. And he shared how it just touched his heart. And the pastor said, Christopher Hitchens noted atheist died. How sad. Nothing to look for, look forward to in the future. People who mess around with Jesus, do their own thing, live the life the way they want to live it, as if Jesus has to somehow uh, work with the mess. People who just choose not to have anything to do with Jesus. And when he shares with them, if you believe and are baptized, they say, listen, I don't have to do that. I don't have to give my heart to Jesus. I don't have to get baptized even though he said, if you believe and are baptized, you shall be saved. There are many people who play with these things. And they do not know that they're playing with their eternity. Because as soon as we leave here today, anything can happen. In what state will you be then? Will you be in a state where you have no future? To look forward to? Are you in a state where you know for sure that your life is wrapped up with Jesus? Amen. Are you with me? Amen. And that he will come and raise you from the dead. Amen. My, my, my friends, all that Jesus has poured into every single heart today, here and those watching online, it's just tremendous. He loves us so much, he wants everybody to be with him. Truth is, all he can do is knock. And maybe he's knocking on someone's heart door today. The question is, will you just give him a chance and let him in? If you don't, you'll be left in a state of uncertainty. Like Christopher Hitchens. And so who is this little arm power? Let's wrap this up. The only power. The only power that came up among the ten horns. The only power that when it came up, it plucked up three of those ten kingdoms by the root. The only power who has eyes of a man I'm out speaking great things against the Most High. The only power that is of tremendously more um, uh, 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 power and authority over the ten horns before it. The only power that made war with the saints of the Most High. The only power that 
actually, the Bible said, because you can't change it, y'all. Elder Marlon, you may think about changing it. <laughs> you may try to change it. But the only power that think, think to change God's times and laws, the only power that had a time clock on its head of 1260 days, which ran out right on time. Are you with me? Right on time. And the only power I beheld in verse 11, then because of the voice of the, of the great words which your horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flames. Only power that came up after. By the way, is this a Roman power in the Bible here? Is it a Roman power? Come on, y'all. Remember, the little horn came up out of the head of the fourth beast. The fourth beast is a Roman empire. The little horn came up out of the head of the fourth beast. Come on, y'all. Is it a Roman power? So if Chuck Swindle says no, it's the Antichrist is a, is a person who is studying in some university here in America today. What are you going to say? The little horn power came up out of the Roman Empire's head. Are you with me? By the way, the little, do you know what the, the name is? This, this, this Roman power. Is something I can see with my eyes today. And I appreciate that because the Bible says it will be destroyed all the way down to the end, right? So I should be able to see it today. And this power is a tremendous and huge power because it has more influence than the 10, right? And so this power should have a lot of influence around the world. And I can see it today. And I just want to say, I am not in any way speaking about any Roman Catholic church member. Are you with me? I have many friends who are Roman Catholic. I've preached around the world and see Roman Catholic get up out of their seats and come and give their heart to Jesus and never turn back. I've watched that with my eyes. Now, now, the only power that fits all the characteristics of Daniel chapter 7 is the Roman papacy. And the Roman papacy is the leadership of the Roman Catholic Church. Do you know why it's called Roman Catholic Church? It's because the little horn is Roman. Are you with me? But this, this, this Daniel chapter 7, it's not going after the membership of those churches. Because do you know why? Martin Luther was one of their members. In fact, far above being a member, he was a priest within the same system. And he begged them, he shared what he read in Daniel chapter 7 with them. They would never accept him and say, you know what Martin Luther did? Turn around and he left. Let, let, let me share 
Let's go to Martin Luther right here, if you can. I want you to read what Martin said. Martin said, Martin Luther wrote that Daniel saw the what? Terrible beast which had how many horns? Did the Roman Empire ten horns? Ten horns came up, all of it. Which by the consent of all is the? Is he right so far? He also beheld another small horn come up in the middle of it, of this. Martin is pinpoint so far. This is the papal which rose up in the middle of the Seventh-day Adventist Christians did not come up with this. It's in the Bible. All we are doing as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, we are continuing the Reformation. Because the Lutheran church today is not sharing this. Come on, y'all. I mean, the man who started the Lutheran church. Let's go to the next one. Let's look at uh, John Wycliffe, right? Wycliffe, yeah. Completed the first English translation of the Bible. He said, why is it necessary in unbelief to look for another Antichrist? Hence, in the seventh chapter of Daniel, Antichrist is forcefully described by a horn arising in the time of the fourth kingdom. Isn't that what Bible said? For so our clergy foresee the Lord Pope. I mean, the, the person who translated the Bible into our language saw it very clear that the Roman, that the, the little horn is a papal power. Now, let's look at the last one here. I want you to read this. This is, in 1742, the Philadelphia Association of what? Baptist churches. Adopted the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, which is the biblical teachings of the Puritans. Baptist Church believe this. Y'all hear me? This new that this teaching that they're teaching now about the Antichrist to come, that's something new. That's something new upon world history. But listen to what they had in their beliefs. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church in whom by the appointment of the Father, all power for the calling, institution, order, or government of the church is invested in a supreme and sovereign manner. All right. Neither can the what? Pope of Rome in any sense be the head thereof. Who is the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. All right. You know, and you know why he's the head of the church? He's the only person we should call Holy Father. Are you with me? Can you imagine a being being called, I should say, a human being, a sinful human being being called Holy Father? Think about that. It's blasphemy at the highest level. In fact, it's one of the reasons why many countries in Europe today don't want to have nothing to do with the God of the Bible. Did you know that? Because the churches 
the churches in, in Europe, and even today, even today, something is going on in the world that really struck a nerve with me. Why I'm seeing each time sexual abuses by the Roman church being pushed under the carpet. Last news I read, was it last month? Over 200,000 court cases are being filed against this entity in one state. One country. You with me? Over 200,000. Many young boys have been abused by the leadership of this entity. And no wonder why so many of our young people today are having a crisis with their identity. Are you with me? Because many of them have gone through some incredible, painful experiences by this church. I'm going to say, I don't think that this is just a human act that someone fall in sin. Makes me wonder if this is a part Makes me wonder if this is a part of their practice. To foster a turning away from the God of the Bible. And no wonder why Europe is so secular today. The very place you, should, you would think that Christianity should be thriving is the very place where Christianity is just becoming so ins insignificant. And you know what? It's moving its way across to the pond. Across the pond. And it's doing its thing right before our eyes. That man of sin and son of what? Oh, in any sense be head thereof. But is that? Come on, y'all. In the Baptist churches today, if they should go back to their teachings, all right, that they used to live and follow, they wouldn't be preaching what they're preaching right now. They would not be. Because in their teaching, the Antichrist was the little horn power and was who? The Pope of Rome. Remember I told you, we know when its power judgment was, you know what, we know when judgment was actually pronounced upon this, this organization because back in 1798, Berthier made his entrance into Rome, abolished the paper government, and established a secular one. In fact, there was a time in world history when there weren't a pope. Are you with me? God said he was going to take away what? His dominion. No wonder why today the Pope doesn't have all the control that he has over all the churches. 
He had that power during the dark ages. But remember I told you the time was going to run out on him? It did. In 1798. No pope. No pope. Just like God said it would. And then, let me just wrap it up here with you. So there was no pope. I like to do this with my friends. They would say, Pastor Sean, how can you be sure about uh, 538? I mean, 1260 years in Bible history. How do you know that actually it started in 538? You know what I say? I said, listen, I wasn't around in 538. I wasn't around in 1798 either. But 1798 is much closer. <laughs> is what I'm saying? And I can tell exactly what happened in 1798. So all I got to do is start there and go backwards. <laughs> and I get to 538. It did rule the world for that time. It's called the period of the dark ages. That's when we have all these different churches that came up during the Reformation period. When you go to a you hear about Baptists, you hear about Methodists, you hear about uh, Calvinists. All those churches came up during that time right there. Because they didn't like what the little horn was doing and they were fighting back. Are you with me? All right. Call himself the vicar of Christ. But here's, here's what is central to what the little horn is doing. What is central is... When you hear the word antichrist, you probably think, like myself, against. But the word anti also means, give me. Thank you. We said it last Sabbath, in place of, right? And so what it's trying to do is to take the place of Christ. Can you imagine setting up yourself where you will accept people confessing to you and then forgiving them of their sins? Can you imagine doing that? Who has authority to do that? Only God. Only God can forgive our sins. Are you with me? And I can tell you right here, Pope Francis, priests can forgive abortion if the woman are what? Are you with me? But it's a part of their practice. That's why people go and they, 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 they have this time where they can ask for forgiveness from the priest. Only God can forgive sins. Amen. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Amen? Amen? And this organization is trying to take the prerogatives of our Savior. But guess what? Guess what? Not right here in Garland. Are you with me? Because everyone here have seen the truth and are, I hope are willing to go to Jesus whenever we sin. I have, I was preaching in Holland for a weekly series. And a lady was very disturbed, I should say. She asked if 
I could come and visit her and her family before the baptism. She wanted to be baptized, but she said, Pastor, I need to share my testimony with you. Would you come? Me and the local pastor, we, drive, we drove over two hours to go sit with this lady and her family. She had about six kids, she and her husband. I met with her and she shared with me that she's very, she was very sick. And each time she would go to work, she would speak to a friend there and share her experience. Each time she would tell her friend that she's praying through Mary for help with her sickness. Nothing happened. The co-worker told her one day, you know what? Nothing is happening with your prayers going to Mary. How about just go straight to Jesus? Just go on your knees and pray straight to Jesus. She got so bad in her health that she didn't listen to this co-worker. She got worse and worse each time. She got to the point where she said one day, filled with pain, she said, I'm going home, and I'm going to do something. She told me what she did. She went to home, threw out all of her, of her Catholic emblems or things that they use within their religion. She said she threw them out. She got her husband, and they both knelt right there at their bedside, and for the first time, she prayed to Jesus Amen. directly. She was sharing this with us. And she said, are you ready for this church family? She was healed instantaneously. The Lord healed this woman, and when she was telling me the story with the pastor, all of her children were there around the table with us. And she wanted to let me know that she wanted to be baptized, not only herself, but her husband. And all the children, she said. Everybody has seen this miracle up front because guess what? The kids and the husband, they were all every day trying to help her. They knew exactly what was happening. And when you look at the woman now, she's in health. Amen. She was healed. Do you know God can heal? Yes. I mean, God can do amazing things in our lives if we would only allow him. The problem is that we're so full of the world sometimes in our lives, we have no time for Jesus. But he can heal. God healed this woman. We had the privilege of baptizing her, her husband, and all of her kids on that baptismal day. Amen. And maybe someone is here today. Maybe you have been a part of this organization. And you have seen what Jesus has said. Remember, he told us to read the what? The book of Daniel. 
This ain't has nothing to do with Pastor Harris. So don't stone me after the sermon. Stone Jesus. Are you with me? Your problem is not with me. Actually, it's a good problem to have. Because Jesus has now shared with us. So the last thing and then we just pray. Because in the year 2000, when Pope Paul II made history by asking for forgiveness, addressing an audience of thousands gathered at St. Peter's, the Pope made a sweeping confession, noting the Crusades, the Inquisition, and the transgressions against Jews, women, and minority. He said, we humbly ask for forgiveness for the part that each of us, with his or her behaviors, have played in such evils, thus contributing to disrupting the face of the world. Over 50 million heretics, so to speak, were slaughtered by this organization throughout the Dark Ages. And that's well-known history. That's not something that is hidden. If you were a heretic, meaning you were a person who believed in this, and you forsook the teachings of the church, just like what happened in the fire furnace in Daniel chapter 3 and the lion's den in Daniel chapter 6, many of God's people were persecuted and put to death. Made war with the saints. Made war with the saints. So I'll, I'll just, over 50 million, right? You see it right here, 50 million. This is the history of Romanism. Over 50 million of the human family were killed for the... So I'll just, I'll just we can close off the screen right there. I do want to share that when we think about our future, the only person that deserve any right to our eternity is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that gave us his very word and he's saying to all of us today, I know how to deal with sin. I know how to help people overcome sin. And I'm the only being who can forgive sin. Amen? Amen? Amen. Do you know sin is our problem? Yeah. I want Dr. Jesus. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm going to invite you to stand. If you want to say, you know what? I'm not going to pray to anybody to forgive me of my sin but Jesus. If you want to say, you know what, I'm so glad that this little horn power is judged by Jesus. If you want to say right now, you know who the Antichrist is. He's not a person that is coming like many people are teaching. He's right here in front of our eyes. 
And the person who has made it so clear to all of us is nobody but Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for him. Because if it wasn't for him, I might have been trapped by this enemy. Are you with me? But because he has shared this so clearly, in Daniel chapter 7, 8, and 9, I'm grateful today for Jesus. You know, if you're here today and you have never been baptized, I want you to know that on December 9th, right here at the Garland Faith Community Seventh-day Adventist Church, we're having our next baptism. I would like to have you join the others who are already prepared to be baptized on that day so that your salvation will be secured. It's not only belief. You can't tell that to the woman who wants to marry you. To just believe that I love you. That doesn't just satisfy. Got to put a ring on it. Baptism is like a wedding. It's an eternal decision that you make publicly with Jesus Christ. That I intend to be with you for the rest of my life. And then Jesus says to us, me too. If you have never been baptized, we want to make sure you're part of this bunch on December 9th. Speak with me. Are you with me? If not, fill out one of those cards right there in the pews. Turn it in to someone here at the church. We'll be so happy to help you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You told us to read the book of Daniel and seek to understand it. The more we do so, is the more we actually see you working with your people. It's the more we see you revealing to us the enemy and all of his plans that are against you and that are against those who love you. Along with your people here in the sanctuary and those online today, we just want to say to you, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. We also want to thank you for the encouragement that we find within your word. The encouragement to know that this evil entity will find its end. This evil organization has been judged already by you. This evil organization, Father, you have you have let us know all the characteristics that lined up so perfectly to our understanding so we can know to move away as far as we can and to move close to you. Bless us with your forgiveness. Bless us with your power on this Sabbath day. 
and bless us with your presence. May it be with us for now and forevermore. In Jesus' name.